check one. One, two. Okay, good to see everyone. Uh, last year, about this time, we, we had a tribute to, to Bert and Alice Boca Chica because of all the years that they did the Rap Fest ministry. Uh, how many years was it, Bert? For 21 years, they went out into the parks, into the street, even into the church, and, and brought rap to the young generation. So being that we did it last year, we, we didn't want to leave out this year. So who's going to run that beat over there? One, two. Introducing Easy G. Here it is, the hook. I'm the Megatron. That's justice. We, we missed the drop. We, we missed it. Taking our faces radiant, we'll never be put to shame again. Taking our faces radiant, we'll never be put to shame again. Never be, never, never be, never, never be, never, never be. Because uh, even if my heart keeps a beat, I know yours carries the beat, the beat. And I can always play this. Shines bright, right? It's more than just a feeling, it's emotion now. And I can see you tearing, that's emotion now. But I ain't really wanna be emotion now. But I'll be open and my heart is just keeps pouring out. See, I'm scared that if I stop, it might stop flowing now. And all the feelings that I feel, that might stop falling out. So I keep it going, it's just me calling out. And I'm asking for an ear, coming forward out. I'm sure you're gonna hear another story now. By a person who's just broken and here pouring out. It doesn't matter what you've been through, looking forward, wow. You be forced to smile This ain't no love lost Ain't no love found But I found you when I was lost Now I'm loved down My world can shake And the ground can move But through it all I still got you And even if I'm slipping I'll listen There's one thing that won't change This feeling that's with it I'm missing It's crippling This feeling is distant I hate it Not take it Like goodbye Good riddance But no way I can't do I'm empty without you I can't stay with no you A farmer with no you but should I stop it there or should I keep it going? I was speaking but my foes, now I keep them growing. I was waving like a palm tree, but the wind ain't blowing. I was dodging all the blows that them fools was blowing. And now I'm standing like a champ with you in my corner. And I ain't never going back this morning. Yeah. Woo! Get you. Nuke it up, boom! Fast lane, boom! Nuke it up, boom! Fast lane, boom! It's mandatory that I give him glory, he is my shield The way he revealed himself to me the day I got sealed Rise and be healed, I'm running planet, season the field Nothing's concealed before the eyes of God so just yield Behold, going through the fire, coming out gold Speaking it bold, the eternal plans of God will unfold Speak what we know, testify what we have seen What I've seen, the face of God rebuking me in a dream Saying stop the lust, fell with my face in the dust It's you that I trust, because you were faithful and just Between temptation, invitation, there's a right and a wrong Invitation, You've waited to do all along Just waiting for your opportunity The devil gives you to dive into Something simple, same what I get into But temptation is something you want to fight from the start You're hyping your heart to weave every fiery thought So if you say the devil's tempting you Going through a lot, which category do you stand in? Are you cold or you hot? Are you cold or you hot? 
Are you cold or you hot? Heaven's not a vapor and God's not a cloud. He's in a physical temple on the top of a mountain. Heaven's not a vapor and God's not a cloud. He's in a physical temple on the top of a Even when I thought off myself and my life See, God's on my side every time I fight And every time I'm in the battlefield, I'm right Ha! You can never put me down Ha! Cause I'm fighting for my crown Whether it's gold or it's red with the ruby stones Or it's emerald, ha! With the sapphire stones Ha! Let me stop it there Woo! Stop it there Wow, yo Amen. That's called the Burt Boca Chica Tribute Band right there. Okay, no more fun in church. We got to get serious now because Pastor George might be watching. We forgot about that, Eddie. So I'm going to be going to Judges chapter 6 starting in verse 1. And I'm continuing in Pastor George's series called Make It Matter. So Judges chapter 6, verse 1, it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them for their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. See, this is back thousands of years ago, but the nation of Israel was in trouble. The enemy was advancing. They were taking their crops. They were destroying their finances. There was injustice Hatred, racism, economic oppression, killing and destruction in the land. And just as Israel was in trouble back then, America, I believe, is in trouble today because I can read you back a lot of the same issues. Racism, hatred, economic oppression, killing, destruction. And just like then, the people of God are still in hiding. See, Israel was hiding from the enemy. And just, just as it was back then, today you could hear every voice speaking but the voice of the people of God. And it's been that way often through church history. During the days of slavery, 
where people, where people were used as slaves, the church was mostly silent. When the Nazis were killing Jews in Germany, the church decided it wasn't their problem and they never spoke up. During years of segregation in the South, the church rarely ever took a stand. But even though the church might be silent today in what they should be speaking, there's still plenty of hateful voices. For example, one of the singers who, do, who wrote a lot of the songs that we sing, Kim Walker, she put a post on Facebook saying how sorry she was about the, all the gay people that were killed in the nightclub in Orlando. And she was shocked when she got back comment after comment from Christians. They deserved it. Those were the ungodly. God is pouring out his wrath and his anger. See, that's not the voice that the church needs to be speaking out today. There's a quote from Bill Johnson. He said, the church is often known for what we hate. We hate you. Come to Jesus. You can be like us. See, that's not the message. We can't just be known for who we don't like. It's got to be a choice, a voice of love and compassion and reconciliation or the church becomes irrelevant. The church cannot just be one more voice. You see, where are those who, who will be the voices of love? Where are those who will influence the culture rather than change it? It's easy to curse the music ministry, but where are those who are going to go make godly music, write better songs? Where are those who are going to go to Hollywood and transform it, take the creativity of heaven? We're not called to curse. We're, we're called to redeem, to transform. You are agents. You are God's agents on the earth. You are game changers. And being a game changer doesn't mean that when the game comes on, you change the channel. It, it means that you are a person of influence. You see, America's problems are not primary, primarily political. The problems are spiritual. Politicians cannot transform the heart of the people. You can elect a Christian into every office. You can have a godly president, mayor, the whole Senate. And I pray, I would pray for that because I'm not saying politics is not important. But no politician can restore love, put broken families back together, help lost people find their way, or heal an angry or bitter heart. Only God can do that. We're not called to put our hope in, in politicians. You see, finally, back in those days, the people of God began to cry out for help. Often that's what it takes for God's people to stand up. It's, if conditions got to fall apart before we start to pray. As long as things are good, we can go without caring about God. But as soon as things start to deteriorate, all of a sudden we remember God. We begin to pray again. 
we cried out, and God heard the prayers of the people. So I'm going to go down to verse 11. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the tree in Ophrah. That's Ophrah, not Oprah. That belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? He called Gideon mighty warrior. You know where Gideon was? He was hiding. He was in the wine press making bread. You don't make bread in the wine press. You make wine. But he was hiding from the enemy. He was scared. But yet the angel of the Lord came to him and called him mighty warrior. You see, sometimes God sees things in you that you don't see in yourself. That way you see yourself has to line up with the way that God sees you. See, many times God shows me to go to a person and say, Oh, you have a calling on your life. You're called to preach. You're, you're, God's calling you to teach. He's calling you to sing. He's calling, he wants you to go back to school, start a business, be a missionary, whatever it is. And most of the time I get the same response. Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not qualified for that. Do you know that the right time never comes? There is no perfect time. Most people spend their whole life waiting for the right time to make it happen. The average person will never start that business. Never do that ministry. Never go back to school feeling unqualified and worthless. You see, people say, I'm not ready. I might mess up. See, God is speaking to you right now. You are a mighty warrior. If you don't see yourself as a mighty warrior, there's something wrong. If you don't see yourself as powerful and mighty in the Lord, that you are the righteousness of Christ, that you are beautiful, you are lovely in the eyes of God. If, if that's not how you see yourself, something is wrong with your picture. See, the scripture says, love, love others as, as you love yourself. You know what happens if you don't love yourself? You hate everyone. You all know people like that. Don't you all know people? Oh, I'm worthless, I'm nothing, and they treat everyone else as worthless or nothing. Some of you need to stop hanging around people who don't see the value in you. You have to start having relationships with people who build you up. Why are you settling to hang around with people that keep tearing you down over and over again? And then they say, oh, but you need to forgive. There's a difference between forgiving and then letting someone beat you up over and over and over again. See, I'm giving you permission from the pulpit right now 
to have the gift of goodbye. You don't need that one always telling you that it'll never happen for you. You don't need that friend. You don't need, you don't need to go out with a co-worker who always throws water on your dreams. You need to be with people who speak life, destiny over you. To see the greatness of God that lives in you. See... Gideon was sitting there hiding. He saw himself as nothing. But God saw a mighty warrior. So I'm going to go down to verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this thing happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am now sending you. Did you ever notice God doesn't always answer your questions? He says, God, I'm with you. I'm with you to go out in the battle. And what did Gideon say? If you say you're with us, why are we in such a mess right now? Why the stuff I read about in the Bible, why isn't it happening in our lives today? You know, God ignored them. And don't come to me. People come to me every day with that, with those same questions. If God loves me, if, I, if he really cares, if he cares, if he's the God of the Bible... Why do I keep getting into a mess over and over again? You know what? I got no answer. You could stop asking me because I have no idea. I know less than you do. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we are perplexed. That means I, I can't figure out most of the stuff that goes on. I don't have any special insight. But that's not the issue. The issue is, he says, go out. Win the battle. It's not what's happened up to now. It's what are you going to do right now? It's not the mess you made out of your life. It's not the people in the past that hated you. The people walked away. They rejected you. And you could sit here and rationalize. People are angry at God. Well, if he was really loved me, he wouldn't let that happen to me, so I'll, I'm not going to walk with him anymore. The question is, what are you going to do now when God shows up? What are you going to make out of your life now? It comes a point we have to let go of the past. See, God told him, Go in the strength that you have. Maybe you feel weak today. Maybe you're not one of these spiritual, super spiritual people. Maybe in your faith, you're not feeling powerful lately in your life. What God's not saying, well, then stay home, forget it, you're disqualified. He says, go in the strength that you do have. Go with the knowledge you have. Maybe you don't know the whole word. 
Maybe you don't know as much as this one. You can't teach a class. Go with what you do know. It's time to go. It's time to step out. We have to begin to change this nation. I don't want to go down in history with those who let slavery go by, who let the Jews kill, the Nazis murder the Jews, who tolerated segregation in the South. Do you know there's more slavery in the world today than there was back then? And where are the people of God willing to lay down their lives? We're hiding like Gideon, feeling like we're worthless and not good enough. I'm going to go down to verse 15. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. In other words, God said, you're a mighty warrior. I'm going to use you to change the nation. We're going to kick out the enemy. And what was his response? I'm, I'm nobody. My family's nobody. That's who God is looking for. He's looking for nobodies. He's looking for ordinary people who are going to do extraordinary things. I'm, I'm sorry all the elitism that's gone on in the church where it seems like we have a whole layer of people way up there who are supposed to do this stuff. It's not about the elite. It's about every one of you. Every one of you is a mighty warrior. Every one of you got the same spirit in you that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. You can impact. You can turn this nation around. The best days for America can still be ahead of it. God was not impressed when Gideon started to talk about how he's nothing and nobody. He didn't see it as humility. You know, you're not being all humble when you talk bad about yourself. Some of you don't know that. Some of you think, oh, put yourself down. Say, I can't do anything. I'm just so humble. That's not humility. Who told you that's being humble? You can be nothing from a nobody and a nothing place, and God will raise you out of the ashes to do great and mighty works. I've said it before, but just a little from my own story. When I was growing up, my mother was an alcoholic. And she used to get drunk every day. And she used to wear the really short pants they wore back then. Remember the hot pants? I don't know if anyone here is that old. Back then, they used to wear those short, short, short. And my mother used to go out in them and go out drunk. And you know what all the neighbors said? Don't go to those kids' house. Stay away from that family. That family's no good. Look at that mother. See, my family was marked as nothing, as worthless. My mother was on welfare. 
But I'm standing here today and by the power of God. I don't feel like I'm worthless or no one because of what those people said. Why? Because I had an encounter with the living God. You need to meet him for yourself. You need to encounter him. You're not a nothing. It doesn't matter who rejected you, who walked all over you. That's not who you are. Don't, don't let these jerks from your past define your future. You are great. So God gave Gideon an assignment. He told Gideon, go to your own home and tear down the pagan shrine that's in your own house. You know what God's saying? Before you could change the world, we got to focus first on our own home. We can't have victory out there if there's junk going on in our own household. God said, before I can use you to change society, you need to go home and take a stand for righteousness' sake. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and after that, Gideon went up to raise up a mighty army of 300 men. And they went out to fight 135,000 of the enemy. Does that sound like a fair fight, Eddie? You went through different trainings and things. Is that a fair fight? 300 against 135,000 of the enemy? Well, with God, that's a fair fight. The scripture says that only one of you could send a hundred of the enemy running out of the place. See, he started out with 32,000, and God said, that army's too big, because if 32,000 go into the war and win, they're going to say that they were real good fighters and tough guys. So God said, get rid of some of, that, some of those soldiers. We need to cut it down. So first God said, send home anyone who is afraid. And you know what happened? Most of the people were gone. I'm not talking about feeling afraid. I feel afraid every day. That doesn't make you fearful because you feel afraid. You know what fear is? It means I feel afraid, so I'm going to run. I'm not going to move ahead. I'm going to give in. We don't give in to that fear. I don't want to move ahead with someone who's going to start walking with me and the first sign of problems, they're gone. You know how many times that's happened to me through the years? I want to move ahead with faithful men and women who's got their eyes on Jesus with a heart of love and compassion. And then God said a strange thing. Now we're going to test the rest of the people. He said, go, go to the stream, bring all the rest of the soldiers, and watch how they drink water. If they lap up the water like a dog with their head down, we don't want them because those guys are not focused. But those who take the water in their hands and drink it and are looking and watchful, we want those guys 
That was the 300 people who were left. I love verse 34. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet. But I want to read that from another version, because in the Hebrew it means something else. And the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself in Gideon. God took Gideon like a coat, and he put him on. You know what that means? It means that's who you are. God wears you. you. you got God in you, and he's just waiting to come out. He wants to express himself. He wants to show the world his power and glory. You're just his coat. It's not about what you lack. It's not about what you can't do, what you're qualified or not. God is wearing you, and he just wants to show love. He wants to win people. He wants to touch the world. It's not, it's not about your own strength and power. God, God is wearing you, and you've got the fullness of the Spirit. You've got the abiding anointing. You know what it means, the abiding anointing? That living in you right now is anything you'll ever need to accomplish what God called you to accomplish. You've got everything. You are fully equipped. And God will use your own uniqueness. Stop telling me I'm too shy I'm too quiet. God needs quiet and shy people. He needs loud people, funny people, boisterous people. People who never went to school in their lives can reach people that other people can't. People who used to sell drugs and be laid out on the street, they, they know how to talk to people like that in a way I could never do. God takes you just where you are for who you are, he created you just with the personality you have. You look the way you do because he designed you to, and now he wears you. And it says that they, they went into battle. Now, they didn't take any weapons in the battle. What about that, Eddie, in your training? Did they tell you don't take any weapons whenever there's a problem? Oh, no, I, I, he can't give away all those secrets, right? They went into the battle with a trumpet in one hand and a lamp in the other hand. God said, don't take any weapons with you. That's too easy. Take the trumpet. Why take a trumpet? What, what does that mean for us today? A trumpet is a symbol of your voice. See, that's the greatest weapon you have is your voice. To worship the Lord. To cry out to Him. To cry out on behalf of this nation. To be a voice for those who do not have one, the Scripture says. So you're called to speak. But it's not enough to speak. I know a lot of people who could speak a lot of Scripture. And I don't want to be anywhere near them. How many of you know people like that? They know way more than I do. They got all their doctrines right. But you got to have the lamp. The lamp is the love of God shining through you. 
You could talk a good game. You could pray all night. You could be in church seven nights a week for four hours. And if you don't have the love of God shining through you, 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 that might as well not even show up. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, if the love of God isn't your motivator, if that's not what people see, everything else was wasted. Everything else you did for God, it's all going to be flushed down the toilet. If the love, not your talk alone, we need to pray. We need to, we need to tell people we're Christian. But I'm not, I don't like when people say they're Christian and then they hurt you. They gossip. They wound you. Where's that light? Where's the lamp, the love of God shining through? They totally destroyed the army. They blew the trumpet. And when they blew the trumpet, the enemy went into confusion and they started destroying each other. And Israel was saved. I, I want to read Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth, in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Did you know that right now, at this moment, God's eyes are searching, going back and forth, looking for the one who's saying, I'm going to commit myself to love. I'm going to commit myself to do your work. See, every one of you has a divine assignment. Every one of you has a calling from God. Even before you were born, the Scripture says, God already had a job in mind for you, something you're supposed to accomplish in the earth. For some of you, it's in the church, and for many of you, it's in your job. It's in the streets. It's in the public places. And God is looking for the one. That one, it takes one. There was one Gideon who rose up. Maybe we have a few of those here. Those who are saying, my heart is fully his. God, I, my heart is fully devoted to you, God. I am a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. See, th that's all God wants. He wants your heart. He's not looking just for your sacrifice, for your resources. More than anything else, he wants your heart. He wants your devotion. And why? Because he wants to pour in. He wants to pour into you so that you got something to give, so that you have something to offer in this fallen world. I, I want to read one last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose, the chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 
What is that scripture saying? There's very few Christians I've ever met who have PhDs, doctors. I've met a few. But he says there's very few who are extremely wise, real Bible scholars, memorize the whole book of John, who know what, how to minister, you know what you're doing, you grew up in a wealthy family. It says there's very few, and there's a reason. Number one, those people usually got no time for God. They're too busy. Number two, people like that usually take credit from themselves. Oh, I'm so brilliant. I'm the reverend doctor so-and-so. That's not who God's looking for for the most part, even though God wants everyone to come. But it says right here, God's looking for, for a bunch of weaklings. Why? Because he wants to confound the wise. He, want, he wants you to go back to work and show them that you, how the power of God is in you. This scripture says we're called to make the world jealous. By jealous, people should look at, at who, what's in you and become jealous and say, I want that. So I want to ask for the musicians to come. And I also want to ask for those who are on the prophetic team to come. So far, not so much stirring around. After this whole thing about moving and getting up, nobody's moving here. I better start all. I'm going to start from the beginning. What do you think, Rich? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. See, many times people come to me and they say, well, I know God has a destiny, an assignment for me, but I don't know what it is. So here's what we're going to do today. we got people up here who know how to hear from God And I'm just going to invite you to come up if you're saying, well, I'm not sure what is my destiny, what is my calling. And they're going to begin to speak into your life. God is going to clarify some things. Now, like anything else, if when somebody gives you a prophetic word, you take it to God for confirmation. So we're not just saying, thus saith the Lord. But I believe that God is going to speak into some people's lives. He wants to speak destiny into you. So if you're saying today, I, I need clarity for my life. I want to know with, more, with a clearer mind, where, where is God sending me? I'm going to invite you to come up right now. And if you're going to be shy, then you'll go home not knowing. 
It's not the time for shyness anymore. It's not the time anymore to worry about what people think about you. See, nobody's looking at you today. So we're going to just take time and worship and just soak in his presence. For those of you not coming up, just ask God to reveal to you what is the destiny. You see, if you're going to make it matter, you got to know where you're going.